Hello there, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist, personal trainer, busy mom, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm a former bodybuilder, and I currently have found a love for endurance sports. But I'm not your typical athlete. I believe there are many more contributors to athletic performance and overall health, and that we as a population might be doing it wrong. You won't see me pounding goose or chicken and rice, but you will see me in the pursuit to fuel not only athletic performance, but also balance it with optimal health. This is not just a podcast for athletes. Many people that fall into the health scene get there for a reason. I found myself in suboptimal states at multiple times in my life, and it has really sparked my passion for metabolic and systemic health. I'm constantly a student of what I love, and now I hope to help others by bringing quality guests to the show to share their opinions and resources to hopefully help you formulate strategies to help you crack your health code. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm pretty excited today because I have Robbie Bent coming on the show and he is building a company called Inward, and it is in the mental health space, and they actually have a physical space, ice baths and saunas that they are working with in their garage, and then they also have the largest library of breathwork content in the world that they are offering to people. Inward is building a cutting-edge community for improving mental health in a fun and accessible way, Robbie also runs a clubhouse show on psychedelic medicines and has done four Vipassana retreats and is a huge kite surfer. You guys, you can find him on his website, which is Inward Breathwork. I will put that in the show notes. Um, You can also learn a little bit more about him on Twitter at RobbieBent1. Today, we're going to talk all about breathwork and how important it is to your health and well-being. We're going to talk about it in relation to heart rate variability, stress management, mental health, all of these things. This is a fantastic episode, and I'm so, so excited that I have Robbie joining me to talk about all these things because this is an area I haven't been able to dive into hugely on the show for my listeners. So super excited about that. Before... We get going on the show. I just want to let you guys know, please, if you find value in this episode, go leave a review. I know I've said that like a hundred episodes in a row, (laughs) but it is so important. I can't tell you how important it is. Helps other people find this show, which is super important because you don't know how many messages I get from people saying, hey, this show changed my life. I never looked at this from this direction. It's been so important in my journey. And you guys... The information that is coming on this show is helping people change their lives, and I value that so much. I want to be able to get that out to other people. The only way to do that is to leave reviews, share with your friends and family, and that way it gets this stuff out there. It also changes the algorithms so that they put the podcast up so that it shows up in searches and things, because without those, even if you search me, I don't show up, so... Reviews, so important. And if you find value in this show, put it out on your Instagram, your social media, share it with your friends. That's what helps keep this going and keeps this mission going. And I put a lot of time into this episode and all of these podcasts, and I just want to see it help other people and reach as many people as possible. So sharing is caring, guys. Share it with everybody. Leave me some reviews. Certainly appreciative of that. So 
Without me rambling on much further, I am super excited to welcome Robbie Bent. Hey, Robbie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Thanks, Connie. Excited to be here. Uh, first of all, you've got some great things going on in the breath work and meditation space, and that's super exciting and really important stuff. And it's stuff that I've tried to get into um, myself and start implementing into my clients' lifestyles. Um, but it's not something that I've dove into uh, all the way yet. So I can't wait to hear what you have to tell us today. Amazing. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to talk about these products. And, you know, if you're listening, just to start off, notice your breathing pattern. So, you know, we can all take a breath together in three, two, one. Nice big inhale through the nose. Nice slow exhale. And so when we breathe deeply into the belly through the nose, we engage the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest nervous system, and can immediately reduce stress. And so you might know with your clients, many people know about, you know, health and wellness, physical exercise, diet, sleep. And then when it comes to a mental health practice, a mindfulness practice, it's just very difficult, right? And like many people have the story of, I've tried calm, I've tried headspace, I used it five times, nothing happened, I'm not doing it right, my thoughts are too crazy, nothing's happening. And so I really got kind of dismayed by that and was searching for what are ways that, you know, we can teach people about their mental health and, and mind state in a way that's like fun and, and more achievable. So happy to chat through that. Yeah. And it's it really interesting how much breath work actually affects your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system states. And you'll notice, I know one thing I really notice right off the bat is if I get mad or stressed in traffic or whatever, maybe your, your breathing shortens and you're kind of, you're almost kind of hyperventilating a little bit. You're like, you know, like getting all like bent out of shape and it's really hard. You have to take a step back and, and, and think about, okay, I, I need to start breathing, but there are there are right and wrong ways to do it in a sense. And so you're going to talk about all that today, I'm sure with us. Totally. And you're, what's really interesting is it works both ways. So you can become stressed and it can impact your breathing. As you said, you breathe into the upper chest, which signals to your body uh, that you're in this fight or flight state that you're in danger. As a result, it sends blood flow to the brain. It turns on the adrenal system. Now the issue is your body your mind doesn't know the difference between real danger and perceived danger. So when you look at your phone and you get a Slack message that, Hey, you're five minutes behind on this, you know, work project, or, Hey, you have to get to this meeting immediately, or it's an angry customer, or your kid is texting you that, you know, you're late to pick them up. If you have like financial strain and you get a Twitter thread about like, you know, COVID cases skyrocketing, all of these simple things are going to cause a stress response. And so we're now walking around all day long in a state of stress with poor breathing habits as a result. And as you breathe through your chest more often, your brain, the receptors that monitor the CO2 in the blood actually change and you start to breathe 
in that pattern all the time. So it's this like very vicious cycle. Uh, so one of the things we like to try to teach people is how to breathe through the nose with long exhales to engage that parasympathetic nervous system to really deal with that, that stress cycle. Now, breathing has become more and more uh, of a buzzword these days. Um, Wim Hof kind of brought it on and everybody now all of a sudden is, is trying to breathe. And it, it seems like, I mean, except for in like the yoga slash meditation space already, uh, it seems like now all of a sudden in the last couple of years, it's gaining momentum and people are realizing how important it is. So what got you going with all of this? Yeah. So there's a couple of things that have happened that are very interesting. So one is this book that recently came out by James Nestor called uh, Breath. And it it goes back into like the history of, of breath, right? And it's like an ancient practice. The first thing you do when you're born to the last thing you do when you die, you literally will take a billion breaths throughout your life. And he just explains in detail why changes to the environment have changed our breathing patterns. So I mentioned this overstress as a result of being stimulated so much, we're breathing faster. And because of that, we're not able to absorb as much oxygen, which I'll get into later, resulting in like more anxiety, poor sleep, uh, some other issues due to, you know, uh, poor diets, like more processed food. We're not chewing as much. Our jaws are becoming malformed and it's becoming, you know, when I read that book, it's very clear that 80, 90% of people have poor breathing habits due to environmental factors. So I think that's one thing is this is becoming an epidemic. And so you can test your breathing using a VO2 max or CO2 tolerance test. And that test is, you know, it's a, it's a proxy. It's not amazing, but one breath in in the morning, one breath out and holding your breath on empty uh, until your diaphragm contracts. And if you're sub 20 seconds, it indicates that, you know, your breathing patterns can likely use some work and they could be causing issues with, you know, sleep and anxiety and some of these things I mentioned. So bringing that information into the mainstream has been pretty amazing. And I think has led to this, like people being interested is like, wow, is my breath affecting my health? And that's becoming better known. And then at the same time, someone like Wim Hof, who is amazing, he's done a ton for the space. And there's a few others, <clears throat> um, Stig Severinsen, is a marine biologist. He trains like Navy SEALs. He has the world record for uh, free diving and, and underwater ice swims. He's a, like an le absolute legend. These people have come into the mainstream. And I think what the Wim Hof style breathing does through super ventilation, breathing quickly, you're breathing out so much carbon dioxide, the brain actually shuts down. Uh, the, the arteries constrict and the oxygen that's absorbed by the brain uh, reduces and the thinking mind shuts down, leading to these crazy emotional responses. And so when you do a Wim Hof 20 minutes, 30 minute breath work, you can have crazy emotional experiences. Your hands start tingling. You feel this energy because there's an adrenal effect happening. And so I think people are doing anything they can now to feel. There's so much, like if you're out there and, you know, we mentioned before all this overwhelm, all these thoughts, all this content, we had this discussion before about social media. It's crazy, you know, YouTube and newsletters and just, there's so much coming at you. You feel overwhelmed. And I think there's a huge desire for people to feel into their bodies to like really feel something. And Wim Hof does that. And so in 30 minutes, you can like, you know, feel these changes, feel connected to your emotions, feel a bit of a, uh, removal from like any difficult emotions. And so 
I think there's the power and desire for people to feel more into their body happening as well as like, you know, a spotlight on the science. So yeah, it's absolutely growing in uh, popularity, especially in the last year related to COVID and people are really looking for ways like, how do I deal with, with mental anxiety? For me, how I got started, I actually was obsessed with, with Wim Hof, with cold showers, which I, I love. And um, I went to a Wim Hof seminar, you know, four or five years ago where we did the ice bath and the breath work. And then I did the, one of his, you know, YouTube videos every day for a year and just loved it in the morning instead of a coffee. And so I would replace my, my morning coffee with a cold shower and a breath work session. And then when I read, uh, you know, James Nestor's book, I really dove into the science. Uh, it took a number of different courses and I started offering it in a, in a physical space that we've built uh, for our community. And what we found is, you know, many people loved the ice bath and the guided ice bath in a, as a form of meditation. And then for the first time, they felt present. You know, the ice bath triples the neuroepinephrine in the brain, which is the neurotransmitter responsible for mood, attention, vigilance. So if you feel stressed, when you get in the ice, you become like physiologically present. Everything else fades away. You're just feeling like, alive right and it's also an adrenal response so people feel not only alive but they conquer their fear and then they feel like elated like it's just of anything i've done in two minutes it is the best feeling and, and i've done it now you know for four years every day and still i like crave it and so when people were coming to our physical space after the ice bath they say hey this was the first time i've felt present in 15 years you know it's the first time my mind wasn't running in circles what else, what can I do next? And then, so we started introducing breathwork as a practice, a daily, a fun daily practice that helped them to get into a meditative state. Uh, and then when I saw people who had struggled to meditate, you know, for 15 years, for the first time through cold and, and breathwork being able to get present, I knew there was something powerful here worth exploring. That's really awesome, especially because everything that you said is 100% correct. It's so hard to be in the moment. I mean, even for myself, I was going and getting acupuncture for a while. And that that guy was like mega into Chinese medicine. And, and he was like, okay, I need you just to like check out. He's like, so he would like walk me through med meditative practices to try to get me to relax because I was like, man, I it's I'm one of those people where I've got so many things going on. My brain doesn't shut off. And that's not unlike a million other people out there. There's so many people that have it. They they're going all sorts of different directions. They're like, Oh shoot, I got to go get the kids after this. This is going on. Uh, or I got to remember to do this or that. And it, and it's very hard to just be in the moment and drown out all of that noise. Yeah, we're definitely not trained to do that. And so what the ice bath does as a starting point, and if this resonates with you as like, hey, I'm thinking all the time, I have, you know, a 100 to do's on my list each day when I wake up, I just want to start them, I wish I could get some space to just be the ice bath is perfect for that. And not only that, when you when you get in your fight or flight response, which we mentioned, your nervous system's triggered, you're saying like, hey, this could be dangerous. And then through deep breathing, you reset that response, right? You move into the rest and digest. So you're, you're training yourself when a stressor comes up, I can use my breath to let go and surrender. And so what that helps with, you know, as you said, you're like running around, anger's popping up, anxiety's popping up. If that's what's happening in your life, there's a way you can use your breath 
to let go and not respond to those situations. And like a cool example for me, I was pretty afraid of needles. I had bad experiences when I was a child. And so I recently gave blood. It was the first time in a while that I'd done that. And I used to just dislike the whole process. The fear would start coming. You could feel yourself breathing into the chest. I, I don't know why. I just don't like the idea of like something going into my my body. It's not a pain thing. It's just a, it's like a fear, you know? And so the normal fear was coming up and I haven't done this since I've really, you know, maybe in the last two years and I was giving blood and I felt the fear coming. I was like, Oh, this feels just like the ice bath, like the fight or flight response. And I just used the breathing and totally let go, you know? And so when this fear came up, I was able to control my emotional response. And so I think it's just such a good teacher for becoming present, really noticing how you're feeling and letting go. And then it, it can translate into your life. So I just look at it as like a mental training that's like actually fun. I love that. I also need to use that practice when I'm at the chiropractor and he's working on me. <laughs> I told him the other day, I was like, have you ever had somebody pass out when you're working on him? Jeez, he, he does that ART. And let me tell you, when you're an athlete and you're hurting, it's like, whoa. I was like, man, I got to practice my like Lamaze breathing here. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. I like, I love body work also. And I've done a bunch of like rolfing and fascial stretch and like acupressure. And it's just almost like a trauma release experience. Like crazy. Like there's a guy in Toronto, his name's Bram and he's just incredible. And like, he'll be working on you so deep that you're almost screaming like on the table, just, you know, it's, it's wild. So yeah, that's another place where using, using your breath, super important. Okay. So I'm all in with all of this. Where do we get started? Yeah. So we started in a pretty interesting way. So we have this, this physical space. It was initially just an ice bath in my backyard. And every night for a summer, me, my fiance, a bunch of our friends would host people and around a campfire would teach them about, you know, the, the benefits of the ice bath, the benefits for longevity, the benefits for mental state. And then as things got cold, you know, we were like, shit, we can't really do this in the backyard anymore. What are we going to do? And so we made a small space in uh, my garage. So we actually went and converted my garage, added an ice bath, a sauna, built a little website, just kind of did everything do it yourself model and, and invited friends. And like, we would go to the local gyms and health food stores and restaurants and, you know, talk to people that we knew and say, Hey, like, come try this thing out. And it just sort of took on a mind of its own. And we realized that people are dying for something social that's also healthy you know like if you're somebody who's who's listening and you're into training into sleep into entrepreneurship into psychedelic medicines or meditation like you want to perform and feel good and so the idea of going to a bar out for dinner and having a bottle of wine like i think that time for a lot of people has passed right but it's it's still like you want to socialize so where do you do that so we built this space so you come with a group and maybe you do you know, a sauna in the dark with six people and you're sharing, like, what are you afraid of? And you're in it together, like pushing yourselves. And then you do an eye gaze in the ice bath with the partner, sinking your breath, like really connecting. And these things I think replace alcohol in a way, because I mentioned before, they're boosting these hormones in the brain that make you feel good, that make you feel alive and you don't have your phone. So you're, you're present, you're talking to others, you're connecting, creates this social connection. So that's kind of what we started with. And unfortunately, it, we're like totally homegrown, fully just built ourselves, funded ourselves, like did all this stuff on a shoestring budget. And 
we had to close during COVID, which was like a huge bummer because like all of a sudden, you know, 20, 30 people are coming a day and then we're wondering what we're going to do. And so I mentioned we were doing this breathwork training for people as a way to go deeper. And we thought, Hey, we have, you know, a thousand customers and people are afraid. They're, they're scared. They're anxious. This is in the days when, you know, you'd see the lineups for the grocery stores and people with, you know, 20 packs of toilet paper and, we felt like, what can we do to help? And so we just started doing the breath work online for free, just via Zoom. And every week, you know, first week, 10 people, then 20, then 80, then 200 people are joining our classes and they're donating and they're asking for recordings. Thought, wow, this is really cool. So, you know, yeah, let's make some recordings for people. So we spent a whole summer. We learned how to, you know, film, edit, create music, wrote the scripts, and we made a ton of our own breath work. And, and we felt like, okay, let's do some for fear release and let's do some for you know intention setting and let's do some for nighttime wind down and let's do some for morning routines and let's replace the afternoon coffee and let's improve people's sleep and so we researched literally read probably 60 scientific papers took a number of courses read every major book on breath and used those to create a program for people to really help manage stress to help boost mood to help with sleep and to do it in a fun way so one thing we do that's pretty different is use, you know, electronic and like tribal music. So for those out there listening that, you know, love fitness, it's exciting, right? And fitness used to be like gold's gym, or if you're in Canada, like good life fitness, and it was for professional athletes and bodybuilders. And it was kind of a place that wasn't the nicest environment and was, was pretty intimidating. And then boutique fitness came along, you know, CrossFit and SoulCycle and Barry's Bootcamp and Spin Class. And you know, became like, Hey, this is a fun, like crazy music, like experience. And so I think we were thinking, how do we make mental health practices that same experience? And can we use like really fun music and really beautiful facilitation? So that's what we've done. And we now have uh, 200 classes all geared at different things, whether you're getting over a breakup or like dealing with job loss, or just want to feel good, want to have an energy pump up. So yeah, you can find uh, if you're interested in that, we have like amazing free trial and like all these sessions on our, our website at Inward Breathwork. I'll make sure and get all that in the show notes as well, Robbie, just so that people can get in touch with it, because I think it is so important. And like I said, I'm moving that direction myself, like, especially in the space now where we have another thing going on, which is heart rate variability, right? That's become a huge thing as well, where people are all of a sudden realizing how stressed they actually are and how much stress they are placing on their body by getting feedback, biofeedback saying your heart rate variability sucks today. Heart rate variability is the number one thing I'm looking at. It's just your body's response to resilience. And for those, those who don't know on the inhale, your heart rate speeds up. And on the exhale, your heart rate slows and you have something in the heart called the barrel reflex, which pulls your heart rate down. And so the variability measures the change between beats. And so the faster you're able to pull your heart rate uh, from, from higher levels when stressed to lower levels, the higher your heart rate variability, the better your body's resilience or response to stress. And they've done studies showing that high heart rate variability is correlated with you know, better ability to feel gratitude, better ability to feel love when you're around somebody you are in love with and you touch your heart rate variability increases as, as you sink. So there's a lot of 
research around heart rate variability as an indicator for, for just happiness in general. So it's something to definitely take a look at if you're using an aura ring or an eight sleep or a whoop band. Uh, it's a really good indicator into, you know, your lifestyle. And it's almost impossible to trick, you know, if you have that glass of wine before bed, if you only sleep six hours, if you don't get out in the sunshine, if you're working too much, then something really cool is breath work to improve heart rate and heart rate variability. And there's a really crazy link between the two. So when you're breathing at your resonant frequency or in coherence, which for the average person is around six breaths a minute, five seconds in, five seconds out, you actually sync the heartbeat with the brain, sending signals from the heart to the brain and improve heart rate variability. And so you can do this with that breathing pattern. So we have those on the website. Uh, there's an amazing book called Heart, Breath, Mind by Leah Lagos, which goes into detail around how to improve your heart rate variability through breathing. Uh, we've actually written a bunch of content on this also on our site. It's something, it's one of, for me, the things I track and then think it's a great metric. And, and the first thing people think is like, you know, shit, I thought I was healthy. My heart rate variability is 20. And, and I see this so often with people who exercise a lot as well. And it's because they're pushing themselves too hard, not getting enough sleep. And, you know, you grow up trained to believe, oh, I should work out five times every day, you know, seven days a week. And then when you see what's actually happening internally, it turns out like, oh, my, I'm not getting the rest and recovery I need. Yeah, I'm certainly guilty of all that. I'm sure you can see the look on my face when you were talking about that because I'm one of those people. I'm pretty sure I took years off of my life with all the bodybuilding competitions that I did. Um, serious overtraining, under eating, under taking care of the body. People think that, oh, you look great. You must be the epitome of health. And it's it's the exact opposite. You know, I mean, it might be you might look like a dang Porsche, but underneath the hood, it's like got 5,000, 500,000 miles on it and it's leaking oil all over the place. And, and that's when I started really tuning into heart rate variability. And when I first got done with my first set of bodybuilding shows, my heart rate variability was ridiculously bad. I can't even tell you how bad it was. And even to this day, I struggle with some autoimmune conditions. I'm always watching my heart rate variability every single morning. I check it because it's one of those things. And if you guys are, need to know more about heart rate variability, I actually just did a podcast with Jeff Black on, on all things heart rate variability. So you can just jump back in the podcast and take a look at that. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that is a telltale sign of how stressed you are. And, and as we talk about in that podcast, it can even be mental stress. It doesn't have to be physical stress, but when you combine the two you're running the rat race of life and you're going at a thousand miles an hour and you're super stressed and then you're exercising yourself to death on top of that because you want to look like some social media influencer you're just taking time off of your life yeah totally and for people who are, are listening and you know want tactics to improve a couple sneaky ones you may not have heard of uh, floating incredible every time that i float uh that night my sleep score and heart rate variability, 20 to 30% higher. Uh, so based on that, I've started a weekly float routine. And so even if you dislike the experience of the float itself, the sleep and the improvement in your body's response to stress is totally worth it. So that's a great one. Another one is setting your circadian rhythms. So it's in the morning. If you can't get outside using like a 10,000 Lux light, like the Verilux uh, while you're working, but, but if you can, just five to 10 minutes 
of light in the eyes. This one's from Dr. Andrew Huberman from, from Stanford, who does a ton around human performance, nervous system uh, optimizations. And so if you have a set circadian rhythm, your body will be less stressed. You'll have deeper sleep. So like getting up in the morning around the same time, getting light into the eyes, uh, a fantastic one. And then the third is just 20 minutes of resonance breathing per day. And so you can even do this while you're cooking, you know, it doesn't have to be like meditation where you're just sitting, you can put on a breath timer, have it playing. It's so something cool. We do, we have like some jazz music for cooking. And so it's jazz music, but it's just somebody breathing in a cue. So like, so you just hear that and it's in the background cueing you uh, to breathe. Right. And so most people, when they have the cues, they breathe properly it's just a matter they forget right they're unconscious most of the time because they're working they're on the phone they're socializing watching tv so whatever cues you can use to get you into solid breathing patterns are fantastic another one that's worked for me is mouth tape so what happens if you eat closely before bed especially if it's processed foods as we mentioned before the ph levels in your body changes and you're going to breathe out carbon dioxide to uh, increase the pH levels. And so if you eat before bed, you're going to breathe through your mouth, especially if it's like, you know, and everyone's guilty of this, me especially, like stressful day. Okay, I'm just going to order a pizza. I'm going to eat this pizza and like, boom, before bed. And I notice like, wow, I slept poorly. And it's because, you know, you can also track your respiration rate on the aura ring. It's because, you know, uh, you're, you're over breathing. And so mouth tape will keep you from breathing through the mouth. You'll breathe through the nose. You'll breathe slower, more controlled. So if you implement those things, I can guarantee improvements in, in HRV. I actually tried the mouth taping. I was like, okay, I heard you talk about it. I was like, I'm going to try this because I'm, I'm always grasping at straws, trying to keep my heart rate variability up. Um, and, uh, so I was like, sweet, let's see what this does. This will be a great experiment. And I, uh, I started mouth taping. It didn't change it at all. Cause I ended up realizing that I breathe through my nose anyways, when I'm sleeping, which is a, I was like, oh, sweet. I'm a winner. Uh, so it was kind of funny because one night the tie, the tape came off and I woke up and I was like, oh, my mouth is shut. And I was, I caught myself when I woke up, I was breathing through my nose. I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I did try it. And it seems a little weird at first. I think it's a, uh, like a mind thing mostly because it, people think that when they tape their mouth shut, they're going to like, they start the overthinking about it. And I feel like their respiration changes. And then that's where they feel like they aren't getting enough oxygen. But I promise you, if you do it, it's not actually that bad. It just takes a little getting used to. Yeah, I love it personally. And I, I just noticed differences. My respiration rate wasn't great when I started looking into this stuff. And I've used mouth tape pretty consistently and, and love the results. I've also used the relaxator, which is a cool like little plastic device. And it's just something you put in your mouth while you're working. And so while you're working, there's something called the email apnea and it's you know, either holding your breath or breathing super quickly when you're concentrating. And it's because you're in a perceived state of stress. And if you're listening and you're working eight hours a day or 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day on Zoom, chances are your breathing patterns that entire time are, are not proper. And so again, you know, that CO2 tolerance test I mentioned, quickly try it on your own. And if you're sub 20, it indicates that like these things can help and looking at your breathing patterns is a good place to start. As you mentioned, you're already a nose breather. So it's like, you know, you wouldn't necessarily, 
look at fixing your breathing patterns if they're already okay. Um, but it is an interesting one to test because a lot of time athletes have poor breathing patterns because they're working out so much, they actually breathe through their mouths because of overexertion. So when you are pushing heavy weight, you're working out, your body's using excess energy, it's creating more carbon dioxide and you're breathing out faster to get rid of that carbon dioxide. And as a result, over time, like if you're exercising hard every day, it's going to change your breathing patterns. So even breathing through the nose during workouts is counterintuitively uh, pretty important. So definitely would try to assess, self-assess your breathing patterns. You know, how long can you hold your breath, your CO2 tolerance, and see if, if it indicates this is a place you should focus on. Yeah. So I like that you said all that because there's another thing to that, right? Um, I don't know if you've heard of Mathetone training, um, but, it, you know, you can kind of almost tell if you're not wearing a heart rate monitor, what zone you are in as far as your, uh, rest, your heart rate goes, because once you start to bridge that zone two and it gets beyond that area, you can't breathe through your nose well anymore. So you can actually check what your, your heart rate is without having a heart rate monitor and have a really good idea of where you're at based on how your respiration is, because you're no, you can't, you Get, bridge that gap where you can no longer breathe through your nose. And that's actually more of a glycolytic training at that point. So you're, when you're breathing through your nose and you're able to do that comfortably, that's more of a fat oxidation zone. And then when you bridge that and you start going into having to open your mouth, that's more of a glycolytic zone. Cool. Yeah. And then it's, it's related to your, as I mentioned, the CO2 tolerance. So it's, or VO2 max your body, how efficient is it at converting oxygen? And so as you improve those by breathing through your nose, uh, those zones change. So you can actually hold more CO2 in your body. You don't need to breathe through your mouth. So you, what they've seen, there's a really interesting book called the oxygen advantage by Patrick McKeon. Um, and he's been at this stuff for almost 20 years and he's training, uh, professional athletes. And what they see is at first with nasal breathing, they can't push as hard as they normally do. And then over time, as their CO2 tolerance improves, they can actually push harder than they could before uh, as they use oxygen more efficiently. So really interesting stuff there. If you're, if you're an athlete and you want to improve performance, breathing is some, is, is one that I think a lot of people uh, underestimate or haven't heard of. Now tell me another thing along kind of, this is a similar line, but it, now there's, I'm thinking that I've heard you talk about people think when they breathe in, that's where they're like that big deep breath is where they're getting the more stress relief parasympathetic state. But isn't it something to do with the exhale that's actually the more beneficial part of the breath? Yeah. So an inhale for the most part is actually stimulating to the brain. And so when you hear this, you know, it's very common. You'll hear a therapist saying, Hey, like take a deep, big, deep breath. Uh, it's, it's stimulating, right? What you really want to do is take a slow breath through the nose, breathe deep into the diaphragm. And so the bottom of the lungs are where receptors are located. That's that stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. So a really nice way to calm yourself is to breathe slowly, you know, count of four, let's say inhale, and then, you know, putting a hand on the diaphragm, feeling it actually rise. So we can all do that together, hand on the diaphragm and just breathing in through the nose feeling the belly rise and then doubling the exhale count. So like a nice count of eight. You can start to feel the mind relax. Another thing you can do is, is hold the breath 
And so breath holds really help. Why they help is because they're building up the carbon dioxide in the body. The more carbon dioxide that is in the body, the easier it is for the brain and organs to absorb oxygen through something called the Borfect. And uh, just think of it like the blood is really holding tightly to oxygen. And when there's more carbon dioxide in the body, it, it's like a lubricant that allows that oxygen to flow freely. So counterintuitively, a nice breath hold is actually something that's going to help you with anxiety. So if you're ever in a stressful situation, just like three or four 30 second breath holds uh, are going to help much more than like breathing uh, deeply, which is, which is pretty interesting because not many people know that. Wow. That's impressive. Um, also, I kind of want to circle back a little bit to the test where you're saying you breathe in, uh, breathe out, and then you do the 20, see if you can hit the 20 seconds. Now that's not like a, okay, I'm almost to 20 seconds type of deal. It's like that first time you feel that the need to breathe, correct? Exactly. And so you'll feel it's not necessarily like when you think you have to breathe, but when your diaphragm spasms, that's an indication like, you know, because you could hold it longer if, if you have a force of will, but you're not really trying to measure your force of will. You're trying to measure what your system does, does naturally. And it's not a perfect test, but it's a really good indicator. It's free. It's cheap to do. You can do it every morning. Um, and so, yeah, in out and just once the diaphragm spasms that's a good indication that like hey that's your your time okay i just wanted to clarify that in case anybody's like oh i'm gonna test and see where i'm at i'm, I'm pretty sure the first time i ever heard you say to do that i definitely failed <laughs> so i was like oh geez that's not good <laughs> um so another thing you know i feel like naturally as a child you always were like, if you were a kid that was ever in the water, you were always trying to hold your breath. I mean, you'd climb down the pool ladder and you would like see how long you could hold it. And, and then you do that so many times. Is there any benefit to doing stuff like that? I know some people actually train to hold their breath for long periods of time. What kind of state does that put your body in when you start practicing that? Yeah, it does a bunch of things. So there's a, a method again, via Oxygen Advantage and Patrick McKeon, who I mentioned, that's based on uh, a famous Russian scientist named Konstantin Buteyko. It's called the Buteyko Method, and it's breathing light to improve your CO2 tolerance. And so to train that, you can hold your breath. You want to be at a point of hunger for air over time. And what that does is starts to reset your... So there's the CO2 tolerance is based on how much your body can tolerate CO2, carbon dioxide in the blood. And there's a receptor in your brain that's measuring how much carbon dioxide is in the blood. And when you're breathing quickly through the mouth because of exercise, poor diet, stress, that receptor decreases. And so anything you can do to increase that, you know, mouth tape, uh, the relaxator device I mentioned, breathing slowly, holding your breath is going to allow you to absorb more oxygen in the organs and tissue, which we mentioned. So breath holding one is going to increase CO2 tolerance. It also does uh, a few other things. So it will increase uh, EPO. So your kidneys will produce EPO and your spleen will also contract, releasing more red blood cells. The more red blood cells you have, the more your body can absorb oxygen. It becomes more efficient. And so breath holding is often used as a way, you know, similar to red blood cell doping uh, in a way. So uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting for that also. Wow. That's all impressive. I'm learning so much from you here. Uh, so what are some other things that we need to know about breath work? 
So I think a lot of the stuff we've talked about is like foundational breathing. So you can think of like, you know, trying to improve your CO2 tolerance, trying to slow your breathing when you're facing anxiety, uh, breathing to turn on the parasympathetic system. We mentioned like breathing deep, right? We talked about coherent breathing, which is breathing in rhythm with your heart to improve your heart rate variability. Uh, the other side of things, which is where Wim Hof comes into is like breathing for trauma release, uh, breathing to get distance from emotions breathing to shut down the conscious mind. And so this, this has many names, right? There's like super ventilation, Wim Hof, holotropic, transformational, clarity. All of these things have in common is, is breathing so quickly, you're reducing the amount of carbon dioxide in the blood and you're reducing your blood oxygen saturation as a result. And so the more carbon dioxide you blow out, the less, the more the blood is going to hold on to the oxygen, it's not going to release it. And so through doing this, even in a 20 minute period, the blood vessels will start to constrict and the delivery of oxygen to the brain uh, declines. And as a result, you have these feelings almost as a state of, of death or near death experience, but the mind shuts down. And so again, if you're listening and you're like very worried, like you just lost your job, you know, you have stress and anxiety, there's just thoughts and you feel like, Hey, I can't control my mind. And, and this is what I'm most excited about for us. We're really about giving mental health to people in a way that's like fun and accessible. So giving you techniques, just like, you know, on your show, you're often talking about how to improve the body. It's like, how do we make the mind stronger and more resilient, but how do we do it in a way that's not related to, you know, spirituality or um, stuff that people haven't really um, bought into? Like, how do we do it in a way that's like fun and exciting and engaging? And the ice bath was one. And I think breath work is a second. So if you're listening, you can use this super ventilation to shut down that thinking mind. And for a lot of people, when they meditate, they sit and like, wow, I'm just thinking even more now. My, my mind is crazy. All these thoughts and nothing's happening. I'm just thinking. And so breath work gives you something to focus on, gives you some amazing music to follow along with, to shut down that mind. And when you do emotions come up and are, are processed. So it's just amazing for emotional relief. And I find most of our customers kind of use the product once a week on a Saturday or Sunday, uh, some in the mornings to give them a boost of energy. But then, you know, a lot of times people want to go deeper and get some space from challenging emotions. So if you're facing like grief or like imposter syndrome, or I'm not good enough, you know, you're in all these challenging feelings. Breathwork is an amazing antidote that in 20 minutes, you know, you can get into a state of like gratitude and, and love. I love that. That's so awesome and empowering. I'm like, ah, I need to dive into this stuff a little bit more for sure. Um, so what else, as far as this goes, are there other, um, breathwork modalities or did we pretty much cover them all? Yeah, I think we covered them all. So there's, you know, the foundational breathing, right? So just improving your, your daily breathing to help your body absorb oxygen, make it more efficient. There's like breathing to improve heart rate variability. There's this um, breathing for emotional release, which is super powerful. And then there's breathing to deal with stress when, you're, when your heart rate increases. And so all of those things, what do they give you? Like better sleep, right? The ability to shut down after work, uh, energy when you need it, the ability to kick in the fight or flight, uh, emotional relief through shutting down your mind, which relates to like boosting your mood, right? Like increasing like forgiveness, love, gratitude, uh, better athletic performance, you know, better willpower. So 
there's just a, a large amount of benefit through all these practices. And the cool thing, they're like, they're ancient, right? Like they're since the beginning of time, like pranayama yoga is thousands of years old. And so they all kind of relate to either slowing down or speeding up the nervous system as needed. And I just always thought it was cool that you can use your breath to trigger the nervous system. So you don't actually need a, you know, uh, some type of antidepressant or a coffee or caffeine, like you can use your, your natural breath, which to me just is so empowering for people to take their health into their own hands. I love that. And I want to circle back just a little bit, because is there a time of day that it's better to do this kind of breathing? I know there's a lot of stuff out there um, on like morning cortisol being high because you're waking up and it's getting your body going and stuff like that. Is there a more vital time of day to be implementing these practices? Yeah, I think you want to just choose what you're looking to get. And so, you know, if you look at our site, it's organized by benefit. So, okay. You know, I'm in my nighttime wind down while generally if I'm winding down, I want to be in my parasympathetic state. So what's really cool is like you have this thing called the autonomic nervous system. And so, you know, heart rate, circulation, digestion, immune system, all this stuff happens automatically. You can't really control it, right? You can't control your nervous system state except through breathing. And so through breathing, you know, your inhale, exhale, you actually change your heart rate. You can change your immune system function you can change your adrenal response. So it's kind of like the key that you have control over to operate the nervous system, which is like, you know, mind blown. Um, so then just knowing that it's like, what do I want to do? Right. And so if I wake up, do I want energy, you know, or if I wake up and I'm feeling anxious, do I want to slow down? And so I just think in your mind, the easiest way to think about it is I have a gas pedal and a brake that I can use with my breath. So like, what do I want to do? So for example, if it's lunchtime, you know, you want to have blood flowing to the digestive system, right? You want to be in rest and digest. You want to be relaxed. If you're stressed, we're not meant to be eating during that time. So it's fantastic to like, stop what you're doing. Five minutes of breath work, get into the rest and digest and eat without, you know, looking at your computer screen or like working kind of, this is why in the blue zones, it's super healthy. People get together in groups, they have community and they talk and they eat right? They stop, they slow down. So I think that's, that's a really powerful one is just, you know, using breath before eating. So I think everything kind of, you know, goes back to, do I want to speed up or slow down my nervous system? I like that you brought that into play here because I think like 90% of the people that I work with have digestive problems. And I'm guessing most of the world actually has a lot of the similar things going on because of diet and stress and all these things. And what people don't realize is that when you're stressed out, like you said, there is no blood flow to the stomach. And that was discovered a long time ago when somebody got shot in the stomach and their body was stressed out and there was literally no blood flow there. And that's when people actually started researching dige digestion and stress. And uh, it's pretty crazy because literally it stops all of your digestion when your body is running in a super sympathetic nervous state. Yeah, eight out of 10 most common cancers are related to lack of blood flow to uh, the digestive system. And it's, it's just a result of overstimulation, which goes back to having a cell phone. So, you know, yeah, it's really important. I think it sounds like your listeners are very interested in like physical health and to understand that my mental health actually extremely impacts my, my physical health. For sure. 
So if people want to find you, get hooked up with your stuff and start implementing it into their own life, how do they go about doing that? Inwardbreathwork.com. Um, and we'll put some special deals for your listeners in the, in the show notes. Uh, there's an amazing trial period and onboarding of 10 sessions just to test all the sessions I had mentioned uh, in a beautiful way with super fun music. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Robbie Bent one. And uh, if you're in Toronto, we have this physical space I had mentioned with the saunas and ice baths. We're opening our second and hopefully bringing it to more cities soon. And let me tell you, you guys, I don't, if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see it, but if you go to the teaser on my Instagram or you go to YouTube, you'll be able to see this incredible space because Robbie has it on the screen behind him. And it, at the minute he popped on, I was like, oh my gosh, I love that. And he goes, yeah, that's actually my garage. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, yeah, I mean, you're super knowledgeable. It, it was, it was really fun chatting with you and it seems like you knew a lot of the stuff already. So hopefully <laughs> it's valuable. Uh, no, I didn't. I learned so much and I'm so thankful that you came on to share all of it with all of my listeners as well. Cool. Thank you, Robbie. Thanks. Well, guys, that wraps up my episode with Robbie. He did a really great job of explaining how beneficial breath work can be if we implement it into our own lives. If you want to go check out his stuff, please go to www.inwardbreathwork.com. And there, they gave us a code to use so that you can get 15% off. It is Connie, C-O-N-N-I-E. 15 and also there is a free trial with them so if you guys need to and you want to try out his stuff or look into what he's got going on definitely sign up for the free trial and try it out for a couple days and see if it's for you if it is use that connie 15 code and that will get you a code for 15 percent off which is super exciting i also want to let you guys know right now i am forwarding on the savings I am doing a mystery guest pop-up with Beauty Counter Products. If you haven't heard me talk about them before, they are clean, safe ingredients in our beauty products. They are free of over 1,800 chemicals and toxic things that go into normal beauty products. And I am doing a mystery pop-up. And with that pop-up, every person that orders, I'm going to put in for a drawing. And the, the person that I draw out, once the pop-up is over which is in a few days here the person that i pull out of there will get some free products um and some 50 percent off products so super good chances you could win um on orders of 50 dollars, i give you two entries on orders of 100 dollars, i give you three entries in the hat so super exciting there head on over to www.beautycounter.com forward slash connie nightingale n-i-g-h-t-i-n-g-a-l-e select the pop-up mystery pop-up and make sure you add your order to that that way you can be eligible so hopefully i can give away lots of free stuff i'm super excited about that and guys thank you so much for joining me i will see you next monday